Yes, 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 yes. Praise the Lord. The angels know it. All the saints gone before us know it. And everyone who died without Christ knows he's great and mighty. Amen. And much rather we with the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. Great to have you all here. Great to be excited about the Lord. To make him great. Make his known, name known in this year, 2006. Year of great opportunities. Year of stretching for us. Year for every person to, make a, to feel a fresh challenge in their spirit about the new things that God's going to do. Can you say amen to that? Dave, Dave's just come back from Australia from a fantastic conference over there. Come up and tell us what it was like, Dave. Good morning, church. How's everybody this morning? I've just been to our Planet Shakers conference. Uh, it's a youth conference in Australia. And um, absolutely awesome thing. And uh, actually, I don't know where to start, but uh, what are, I, I don't know. How many Aussies have we got in this place this morning? How many Aussies? Anybody know the Aussie national anthem? Now, here we are. are. I was a Kiwi in the middle of uh, 5,000 young Australians, and uh, I got to sing that Australian national anthem. And uh, I tell you, I stuttered those words out. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Uh, I was thinking of some of our uh, our, uh, our cultural brothers and sisters here, and I thought, man, I was inspired to rip my shirt off and break into a (laughs) haka. But uh, one of the things I just want to encourage you with today is that uh, our God is a big God, amen? And um, one of the things that uh, was really touched my heart was 5,000 young people, five, 6,000 young people, teenagers and older people, praying, Australians praying for the nation of New Zealand, that God would send revival upon the nation of New Zealand. And uh, as, they, as they started to sing the Australian National Anthem, they started to, uh, God, send revival upon New Zealand. God, send revival upon that land. God, pray for this land. And so it's amazing to think that here we are as Anzacs, uh, you know, Australians and New Zealanders, um, so, you know, once upon a time they fought together in a, in a, in a, in a, in a powerful battle. And here we are again standing to stand together for, the nation, for our nations. And uh, absolutely incredible thing. Probably one of the main things which, um, which impacted me the most was just this one thing. You've just got to go out and grab it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You've got to go out and grab it. And I believe that God wants to do something powerful in our city. God wants to do something powerful in our church. And we had a, I mean, these guys were, I mean, their music goes all around the world, and, and, and it's an absolutely phenomenal thing. But one of the things, I just couldn't wait to get home. We have something real powerful in this church. You know, per capita, our church is a, uh, a per capita population, our church is a great church. We have something very, very special here. We have a promised land. We, we are, there, are, there are promises that God has for your life. There's God, promises that God has for my life. There's promises that God has planned for this church. There's promises God has for our city. There's promises God has for our nation. Amen? But the thing is, it's like they're not just going to fall on our plate. (laughs) They will not just fall on your plate. And uh, just because God has promised something, just because God has something out here for us, doesn't necessarily mean that we'll actually lay a hold of it. We've actually got to get out there and lay a hold of it ourselves. Friends, our church is too small. (laughs) I'll say that again. Our church is too small. Our church is too small. God has got big plans for your life. God's got big plans for our church. And uh, I just want to encourage you today. We've got uh, thousands of Australians standing with us today, praying for our nation. And uh, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are placed in society, whether you're a business person, whether you're a student, whether you're a homemaker, wherever you are in our society today, there there is a promised land for you and I. There's promises that God has for you and I. And it's up to you whether you uh, lay a hold of those things or whether another generation will. So I just encourage you, lay a hold of those promises that God has for our lives. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Fantastic. Oh, great stuff. Oh, awesome, awesome. Why don't you open your Bibles with Isaiah 43. We're going to start there where we were last week. Then we're going to look. I want to share about, let us cross over to the other side. God is wanting us to make some shifts and changes in our lives this year. And uh, so I really want to share some things that are going to help us in that. Now, just before we do that, I want to just check our volumes. Now, just as it, uh, it sounds to me, I'm very loud. I'm already loud without a microphone, but uh, if the microphone's up too loud. Is it okay down the back there? Okay, maybe it's just the monitors up. Just bring the monitor down just a little tad. Thank you. Okay, let's start now. I want to share a message called Let Us Cross Over. We're going to start off, though, in Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, 
I will do a new thing. God is always wanting to do fresh and creative things in our lives. We can rejoice about all the good things that happened last year. There are a heap of good things happened. We extended, we expanded, we went out into nations. We saw all kinds of things happening in our own area. But this year is a different year. God has new things for us. And uh, God is innovative. So he doesn't want you to sort of just cruise through life and then retire. The only retirement plan God has is when you die and go to heaven. That's your retirement. See, a lot of times we get the mentality, we're just going to sort of cruise and whatever. God doesn't want us to be in a cruisy mode. He wants us continually to face the challenge of something new, something that will stretch us. And I believe this year is going to be a great year for us. About a year ago, about 12 months ago, it's interesting that there was a, a devastating earthquake took place around the, around the, in our part of the world. Of course, you're very aware of it. It's, uh, they've started to just repeat some of the stories about it more recently, about a, a year after it. But there was a tremendous earthquake. And uh, one of the things that's intriguing about that is as a result of that earthquake, there was such a huge tectonic plate shift. It was far bigger than anyone ever thought. The earthquake size was uh, at least nine on the Richter scale, which is a massive, massive quake from eight to nine. We had one eight here in in, in Hawke's Bay that that, uh, devastated our two cities. Uh, One nine is, I think, either 10 or 100 times more powerful than that. So it's a huge thing. A huge plate shifted. Now, the result of it was the scientists have measured, and they found that the, the actual earth itself tilted on its axis... And the, because of the weight distribution of the earth, you know, like a skater, and they're going around, they pull their arms and they go faster, the world has actually sped up a little. How about that? You know, the Bible does tell us that God will shorten the days. So we, we realize that when you see massive things like this in a natural scale, you know also that there are pictures of massive things in a spiritual scale. So if you'd watched in the last year, you would have seen there would be a number of natural upheavals, tremendous upheavals, and unprecedented destruction and loss of property and life. Unprecedented in the history of the world. Just amazing, unprecedented. Now, right now, we're seeing tremendous shift in Israel. Right now, there's a sudden change in Israel. And you know, when you see these things in the natural, there's, tr- there's shifts about to take place in the spirit as well. And so we want to position ourselves so we can fully take advantage of what God is doing. The greatest hour for the church is ahead of us. That's what I always love, because no matter what you hear, no matter how old I am, the best is ahead. (laughs) Who wants to look at the the past? You know, I was with some friends of mine, hadn't met them for 20 plus years. We used to drink together at university and shared a flat together, and I saw them. I thought, you're still doing the same things you're doing then. I've just moved on so far. I'm even thinking about all those things way back there. We're thinking about the great things of this year, then the great things of next year, and then there'll be other years. And see people sort of wanting to sit down and rest and do nothing. I think, why would you do that? There's so much to be done. God's got new things, always new things for us. So let's be challenged with us coming out. I want to share some things that are prophetic in nature. It'll help us. I want to talk about three internal changes God wants us to make or areas God wants us to become sharp in, in preparation for things he will do. I may get a chance to talk about some of the things I feel God's going to do prophetically in this coming year. And uh, always there's a sort of a sense where you sense God is about to do new things. But I want us to look in Matthew chapter 8. And that's where we get that, uh, the title for our message. Let us cross over the other side. Matthew chapter 8. And uh, let's see if we can find it here. Matthew chapter 8. And verse 18. Pick it up at verse 18 through to verse 23. If I, if I get, get an opportunity, I'll go further than that today. But let's just go this far. Now, when Jesus saw the great multitudes around about him, he gave commandment uh, to his disciples to depart or to cross over to the other side of the lake. There was a great lake there, and uh, he wanted them, he gave a command that they depart or cross over to the other side. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. And a certain scribe said, Master, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. Where are you going to go? I'll follow you. And he says, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another one come up and said, oh, oh Lord, uh, suffer me first. Notice the me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said, no, you follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. And when he was entered into, into a boat, his disciples followed him or they did follow him. So Jesus gave a clear command, a clear direction. I want to share with you three internal adjustments that God wants us to make. And each one of these adjustments as we make them will position us to change and fully take advantage of what God wants to do in our life. I love the Lord's variety. He's always got new things, surprises. 
and just when you think you've seen and heard it all into something new. Isn't that right with God? And they God, you like that? You're very creative, you know? Aren't you glad that all the plants aren't the same plant? You know, I'd have only had about three or four varieties of plants. I like those ones, but the others are, well, where'd they come from? God's so creative, so full of variety. I mean, look around you. Just have a good look. Look at the variety that's around here. Right? Who would you? You'd never have thought of that, would you? <laughs> God's full of variety. Okay, here's the first one. Number one, these, I want to talk about some internal changes God wants us to make, some areas. Number one, a fresh passion for Jesus Christ. A fresh passion and fire for Jesus Christ. God is wanting your heart. He gave them a commandment, cross over to the other side. In other words, a clear direction to make a change or make a shift of location, a shift from where they were to some new advantage point that God was going to bring them into. Now notice that there were several things that are mentioned here. Number one, there are great multitudes of people. Number two, there's someone who came up and said, well, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. And then number three, there's another person come up and said, well, well I'd love to follow you, but, but uh, first there's someone else. Uh, I've got to look after someone else. So you find that there are four groups mentioned in that first, those few verses there. Number one is the multitude. The multitude of people who hang around to see what Jesus is doing, but they have no commitment, no passion, no fire being blessed by God, but it's not in their heart a passionate fire to love Him and serve Him. Now, Christianity is full of people like that. The world is full of people like that. Friend, make sure that the crowd doesn't determine where your future goes this year. Make sure that your future for this year is not determined by what the multitude are doing or what everyone is saying that. Everyone is doing that. Well, well, that's, I don't want to be different. Friend, you do want to be different because you're not made to be part of a crowd. You're made to be unique. You're made to have an influence. And you'll only have that influence if you stand up uniquely connected to God and begin to listen to his directions. He has something to say to you that he wants you to do this year. He has some direction to give to you this year, but you only get those directions if you are in a place where you're listening to him. So the multitudes walk with Jesus. They love the miracles. They love the blessing. They like the music. They like the preaching. They like something, like the building, like something. But God is looking for people who are passionately in love with him. Not in love with ministry, not in love with meetings, not in love with other things, but are passionately in love with Him. He wants to capture your heart and soul. He called us to a love relationship with Him. Notice there's a second man there, and the second man there, he says, Oh, well, I'd love to follow you too, Lord. Help me in. Oh, there's something happening. I'll go with you. And he said, Hey, he said, The birds have a nest, the boxes have a hole, the Son of Man's got no place to lay his head. Now, what was he saying was this. He was saying, you can't follow me and have a life of convenience and leisure. If you're going to follow the Lord and have passion for the Lord, it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to cost you something. It'll cost you something in the area of prayer, of times with Him. Cost you something in the area of letting some things go so you can prioritize your life. He was saying you need to actually have right priorities in your life. How important is Jesus to you? How important is your relationship with Him? How important is your time with Him? How important is His Word in your life? Oh, well, sounds like that could be a bit difficult. Listen, anyone who's made any mark for the Lord and whose life is counted never had a life of convenience. It always costs something. It'll cost you something to ignite a fresh fire in your heart for the Lord. It may cost you time in His presence. It may cost you time uh, in fasting. It may cost you uh, time and sacrifice that you, of things that you haven't even thought of. But friend, it's worth it. It's worth it, the knowledge of Him. Paul says, I, I consider everything else done because of the, the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To know Him, to encounter Him, to experience a fresh love and fire. Friend, this is the time of year to, to set that fire going. Of course, there's another man come up and says, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'd love to follow you, Lord, but, but suffer me first to go bury my father. And he says, let the dead bury the dead. There are some relationships that will stop us putting God first. We'll put our interests first. You've got to think through in your life, what is it that, puts, that you are putting first ahead of God's call on your life? You see, every one of us is born individually into the world. We all exit individually. We all enter heaven individually. And we all stand to give account for our life individually. What other people say, what other people do, will either help us towards the things God has for us or take us away from them. And you've got to decide, 
to have a look at your life. What are the people, what are the relationships, what are the activities I've got where me is first? I'd love to serve you, Lord, but first I've got to do this. You know, some people say, well, Lord, I'd love to serve you, but first I've got to save up for retirement and then I'll serve you. Then they have a heart attack the day they retire and they don't serve the Lord at all. Friend, you only have today. Today is the day. Jesus gave them a command. Let us move on. Let's journey on. We're not going to stay where we were in the blessing of miracles or whatever. He said, we've got some other things that we want to move on to. There is a new challenge ahead of us. I want you to follow me into the new challenges that are ahead of us. It's going to mean you're going to have to cross over an obstacle to get there. Friend, there are challenges God has for us this year. When the Bible is talking about the other side, I believe it's talking about new territory. It's talking about our community. It's talking about breaking out of what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. It's talking about moving forward to the things God has for us. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to let go of things that are unproductive in your life to ignite a fresh passion for the Lord? Shortly, we'll be having a season in the church of fasting. I encourage you to enter into that wholeheartedly. We've already got started. I am determined over this next half of the year to pursue after God for a fresh and touch, a fresh encounter. I'll be turning 60 this year. Joe will be turning 60 this year. I'm full of life and fire, and I'm determined. I will be pressing into God. And uh, I don't normally say much about our fasting, but we're determined we do a 40-day fast before we turn 60. I'll exit into my 60th year on this earth, having spent time engaging God. Oh, yes. You see, we want to be looking ahead. Looking ahead. The best is always ahead of us. Eh? Some people say, oh, 60. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not me. Oh, I got full of new things. There's new things ahead. Hey, brand new things ahead. My friend, you've got to take the time with God. So I challenge you to start to think not about me first and not about all the other things of comfort and convenience, but to, but to begin to think, what is God saying to me? Will I position myself so my heart is ignited with the love for him? When you come into the meetings, are you ignited with the love for him? Do you come on time? That would tell something, wouldn't it? You see, if we're hungry for God, it always shows in the pursuit of God. If I spend time in prayer, it demonstrates I'm hungry for God. If I spend time in the Word of God, it demonstrates I'm hungry for God. It stirs the hunger. If I start to listen to people who are on fire for God, oh, I get stirred inside. And I come in here today, I felt stirred by the music, stirred by the presence of God. I'm hungry for more of Him. Are you not hungry for more of Him this year? He's the one that changes your life. He's the one that can give you the breakthroughs. He's the one that can break the bondage on your life. One word from heaven can change your life. You need Him. You need Him. It's not about more meetings. It's about Jesus and my engaging Him consciously with all my heart and all my soul. Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. So what part of you has got other loves? What part of you has got energy sapped out and you're continually preoccupied with other things and you've lost the first focus? You know, Jesus had to speak to Martha and say, Martha, Martha, you've got too many things that are making you uptight. The one thing that really counts, you haven't chosen. It's a choice to develop and cultivate your relationship with Jesus. It's a choice. And Jesus said, one thing is needful. It's that choice. One decision that you should make this year is I will pursue God with all my heart. I will begin to develop my prayer times. I will begin to work on my inward life so that I begin to deal with the issues and things inside me which block intimacy with the Lord. Are there things I'm entertaining which he hates? Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Are there attitudes I've got I need to let go of? Get rid of them. Change. Change change. Time to cross over. Don't stay where you are. Time to cross over. Time to make a change. That habit you've been putting up with all this time, it's been sapping out your spiritual life. That area of compromise been taking away all the power of God from your life so you don't speak with power because you've got all this compromise. Change. It's time to change. Time to change. Time to cross over. Time to cross over the obstacles in your mind and heart. Time to make some shifts in the spirit. God is wanting to ignite a fresh fire. I'll be talking about passion and developing that passion and love for the Lord at some stage. But I believe that I, what I love is I love seeing the young people so passionate about the Lord. And you can say, well, that's just young people. Who says just young people? I'm not that young, but I keep up with them. Actually, I can lead them. <laughs> Come on, it's nothing to do with how young you are. It's got to do with the fire that's inside your spirit that says, Jesus, you are awesome. You are mighty. 
And even if I'm not seeing all the things I've read about in the Bible, you are still awesome and mighty, and I will still declare it. I'll still passionately sing to you and love you. We want to be passionate lovers of God. Eh? A passionate lover of God. Hey, now, passion is always, you know, always, oh, it's got life in it. Eh? If someone's passionate, you can, you can tell. You get a guy who's passionate about computers, you just mention some kind of computer to them, suddenly you know they're babbling in a foreign language you don't even understand, and their eyes light up, and they're talking, and they go, and before you know it, they're away out there in cyberspace somewhere, you know? And, uh, whoo, whoa, why don't we start off there, you know? And see, whatever you're passionate about, you'll get going. That's how you build good connections with people. All you've got to do is ask a few questions, find out what they're passionate about. Most of them are just passionate about themselves. You ask them about themselves, they ignite and study. Someone's interested in me. And away they go, talking about me. I was with some people, and it was great. I never had to answer anything about myself. Not one thing. But I could tell what they were passionate about. Me. Come on, that's how people live their life, isn't it? See, so the moment you touch what people are passionate about, you'll ignite something. So very simply, if you want to build a connection with unsafe people, find out what they're interested in. Find out what they're turned on by. And then pretty soon you'll start to find their eyes will light up as they get to talk about it. They'll think you're wonderful. Because as they began to talk about what they were passionate about, it ignited the fire. You start to talk about your love for the Lord. Talk and speak and declare and start to share the, the good things God's doing in your life. What happens? Starts to ignite the fire. You want the fire to burn. You want a burning fire of passionate love for Jesus Christ. Is amen to that? Loving Him, being intimate with Him. You know, instead of standing there looking at the clock, oh my goodness me, we've been going on a little bit long, you know. We, you know, a little worship's gone on five minutes. Dear God, my legs are tired, my mind's tired, my body's aching, my teeth are even sore. Now listen, that's not... Listen, you've got to break through all of that kind of stuff, you know, and to turn. I want to worship God, you know. I, I should tell my body. My body sometimes protests about praying. I start to talk to my body, you know. Body, if you don't be quiet and get to it, I'll give you another 10 minutes or half an hour. Ooh, okay, okay. Let's focus. Come on, you've got, you've got to actually take dominion over your life to begin to ignite passion and fire. And that fire for God... The fire is in you. You've just got to kindle the fire to do the things that stir fire within. And after a while, you'll be blazing with the love of Jesus. Of course, out of that comes lots of other things. But don't settle down. Whatever you do, don't settle down. 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 Don't settle down and say, I'm content. That's a recipe for lukewarmness. Hey, don't say, I'm going to settle down. No, I need a fresh challenge. Turn to someone next to you and say, I need a fresh challenge this year. I need a fresh challenge. Well, you get on fire for Jesus, I'll tell you something, he'll put a fresh one in front of you. You're going to see that in just a moment. He, as the disciples listen to his clear command. Okay, here's the second one. The second one was we need fresh revelation from the Lord. We need fresh passion for him. We need fresh revelation from him. Notice the disciples heard him speak. He commanded them, verse 18, and in verse 23, when he entered into the boat, the disciples followed him. You cannot live off someone else's revelation. You can't live off someone else's messages. Christianity is not a second-hand religion. You actually have to encounter God first and personally yourself. You have to listen to God speak. It's your privilege to hear God. It's your privilege to have God speak to you about many, many things in life, about your giftings, about your callings, about his ideas for you, about opportunities he's going to bring before you today, about your marriage, about your family, about a future part. Oh, there's no limit to the things God wants to talk to you about. But we have to be willing to listen, have to position ourselves where we are open to God speaking and revealing something to us. One of the difficulties you have after you've been in church a little while is any time the Bible's open, you think, oh, I know that. I know that. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. In fact, pretty well I know it all. That's what happens. You know, I think, I look at all the messages I preach, I thought, God, they're all empty. I want to give something fresh, new. I want you to talk to me. You know, the manna that they got in the wilderness was fresh every day. They went out every day and God gave them something fresh for the day. 
And we need to be living. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Every word that's proceeding out of the mouth of God. Not out of the mouth of television. Not out of the mouth of magazines. Not out of that housewives program. <laughs> that's not where you're going to hear God. Huh? We want to hear God. We want to spend time in his presence and time in his word and listen to him. Listen to him. Let him talk to you. The Bible tells us very clearly that the spirit of God has got a lot of things he wants to reveal to us. One of the works of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells us that the Spirit reveals to us the things God has freely given to us. Now, what say in 2006, God had a lot of things he wanted to give you. How would you find out what those things were? You would have to spend time and listen. And the Holy Spirit would tell you the things this year he freely wants to give you. And then you position yourself by doing the things needed to get a hold of them. Friend, when God gives you revelation, it's because he intends you to possess it. Say it again. If God reveals something to you, it's because he intends you to possess it. So if he shows you something, his intention is you begin to arise and take hold of what he's shown you. Remember what he said to Abraham? Lift up your eyes. Oh, instead of looking at sand. See, looking down and looking back, lift up your eyes. Said, look to the north, south, east, and west. All that you see, I will give you. Now walk through it, and every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, it shall be yours. In other words, everything starts with vision from God. It starts with God speaking to show us things we haven't thought of. I know you've made your plans for 2006. But let me ask you this. Have you made your plans and then asked God to bless you? Or did you come before God to ask what things he wanted to accomplish in your life this year? Big difference. Most times we make our plans, oh, there's my plan. God bless my plan. Jesus never run his ministry that way, never run his life that way. He constantly positioned himself to listen and hear from the Father and it gave direction to his life. It gave specifics for the day. God can speak to us. I am hungering for greater levels of revelation. Greater level of revelation in the gifts of words and knowledge. The Bible says all may prophesy. When did you last prophesy? Uh, the gifts of the Spirit are for all believers. These signs shall follow them that believe in my hands. They lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They shall uh, cast out demons in my name. Come on. These are signs. They shall lay on those who believe. The gifts of the Spirit are given to every man, every man, every man, every man, every, every, every person. The gifts of the Spirit are given. How are they given? They are received by revelation. They're received by hearing God. They're received by learning to renew your mind and opening yourself up to recognize the promptings in the Spirit and taking steps to step out on them. I'm starting to realize, flip I have, I need to stretch further. There's much, much more. But you see... We're in a culture that shuts down the supernatural, that pushes against the supernatural operating. You've got to have something inside you that rises for the supernatural to happen. Then you can't just do it on a Sunday. It's not enough. It has to be day by day. Stir. Thank you, Father. Today you're speaking to me. Today you're leading me. As you, you begin to worship God, you begin to allow your mind to meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on the things of the Spirit, the things of the heavenly realm. Let God show you things. Let Him take you into experiences with Him. See? Let Him take you into encounters with Him this year. Let him begin to show you things about people that you hadn't realized before. Let him give you insights, words of knowledge, prophetic words for those around you. He said, well, well, that's not... It is for you. That is the clear will of God. This is given to every believer, every person to profit and to build up. God intends all of us to operate supernaturally. But to operate supernaturally, you have to connect to the source. To connect to the source, you have to face up these blocks and deal with them. It's not hard. It's a choice. You say, well, it's hard. Well, sometimes there are blocks. You just position yourself. You ask help. I sought out the help I needed. Others seek out the help they need. We run conferences and courses and things through the year. You turn up. You turn up. When God is doing something, you turn up when he's doing something. You've got to learn to do that. 
You'll learn to place value on what God is doing in the house so that you receive everything God has for you and then go out and start to have an impact in the community. See, we have to position ourselves. So if you've got demonic problems, get into a freedom retreat, do the preparation beforehand, get your life and, and, and things out open in the open so you can start to deal with issues and then get cleaned up. There's emotional stuff, get into one of the restoration courses and then start to begin to come into places where you can learn how to encounter God on a greater level. See, those are to repair the damage, but the best things is coming into encounters with God to actually encounter him, to experience him. See, the men in the Bible all experienced God. That's what made them stand out. Moses said, if you don't go with us, if your tangible presence isn't upon what we do and upon us, we aren't going anywhere. We're going to hang on here. The presence of God, how we must value his presence and his words. And of course, Jesus watched to see what you do with his words. And if you do something with his words, he gives you some more. Matthew, Mark chapter 4 tells very clearly uh, the measure you give out and respond to what God gives you, the measure he'll give to you. Okay, here's the third area. So fresh passion, fresh fire. How many know God's talking to you about a fresh fire for the Lord? How many know there's some things to get rid of and deal with and face up to? Time to stop compromising, eh? Okay, how many know that God wants to speak to you? It's a long time since you last cast out a demon or healed a sick person or, or got a word from God for someone. I'm not talking about in a cell group. That's where you practice. Out there in the world is where you do it. Come on. The gifts of the Spirit, if you read in the Bible, the majority of them happen outside a church meeting. It's like we've got God contained inside the four worlds. And I realize he goes out there, he'll do things out there. In fact, he's more likely to heal an unsafe person than a Christian. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> Come on. There's a reason for that too. Okay, fresh. I want you to see what Jesus said to them. He said, let us cross over to the other side. So God wants to enlarge us. The next thing that God wants to do is an enlargement in our lives. Enlargement. Enlargement. Fresh passion. Fresh revelation. Fresh or new enlargement. Enlargement is part of God's plan for our lives. Enlargement means... There's an increase of vision, what you can see. That's why you need God to show you things. Some people, I was amazed, I lived in Dannyburg. There were some people who hadn't really gone past Palmerston North or past Napier. They lived in, that, in the bay all their life. I never heard of such a thing. I never heard of such Some people there hadn't even been to Palmerston. I said, really? Haven't been to Palmerston? Don't you know there is a Palmerston? And beyond there's a Wellington. Whoa! <laughs> And if you go the other way, there's Taupo, and then there's Auckland. Oh, it was big up there. Come on now, we need to be expanded. So vision, without vision, if we can't see it, we won't possess it. So enlargement begins with beginning to change the way we think, beginning God expand and enlarge us in our vision, our thinking. God wants to also enlarge us in our expectancy and enlarge us in our capacity. The biggest one is capacity. Let me tell you this. There'll be no enlargement unless you enlarge your capacity. The biggest challenge most Christians have is we live within our comfort zone. We live within what we feel comfortable with. And when you stay within your comfort zone, your comfort zone is the place you trust yourself. You don't need to trust God. So it's a place where no faith is needed. The comfort zone. The comfort zone is the place no faith is needed. You don't need to have faith because you're comfortable there. You can live there. You don't need God. There's nothing to stretch you out beyond your own. The comfort zone is a place where you feel safe. It's a place where everything is familiar. It's the place where you were yesterday and you will be there tomorrow if you don't step out of it. You've got to step out of the comfort zone. I hate stepping out of the comfort zone. It's always pain stepping out of the comfort zone. Hey? <laughs> See, the place is resting, the, the comfort zone is the place where you rest on yesterday's success. The comfort zone is where you rest on yesterday's faith and yesterday's success. This year as a church, we face a celebration in March. We're going to have a big birthday, 21st birthday. 21st birthday being in here in Hawke's Bay for 21 years from when we arrived till, till this coming year in, in about March or April, somewhere around it then. But uh, friend, the thing is, I it's great to look back and celebrate what God has done. But you know what? When we've celebrated what God has done, we said, thank you, Lord, for all the great things you know. You know what God will say? 
I tell you what he's going to say. Cross over to the other side. There's new challenges. There's something bigger. There's something more. Stretch out. Enlarge. Don't think this is too big. It's too small. Don't think that what you're doing now is big enough. You could embrace more. See, some people find it a big deal to have someone home. That's, I'll tell you why. It's because their capacity is small. It's got nothing to do with whether you've got a home or not. We all live in a home. It's got nothing to do with whether you've got food or not. We've all got food. There's no one starving here. And all you need is bread and butter and something and a cup of coffee. There it is. You don't have to put on a blessing. It's a heart issue of expanding your heart to welcome people who are different. So if you can have one person into your home, stretch and have two this year. Be a huge 100% increase. I had two people. Well, okay. For you, that may be a huge stretch. That's fine. Let's, let's not belittling of where people are at. What we want to do is encourage every person to enlarge. Enlarge in your, in your giving. Enlarge in your capacity to be committed. So if you say you're going to do a job, we're going to get in here. If you, if you commit to do a task in serving the church, you're serving the Lord then you don't quit when the pressure gets on. I'm sorry, I can't make it. I got a bit of a snivel. So? That's a sniveling excuse if I've ever heard one. Come on now. So often what happens is we drop our commitments because our capacity is not big. And God allowed you to go through a stretch to give you an opportunity to expand your capacity. You know, if you want to be enlarged, there's going to be some stretching required. You have to go beyond what you're comfortable with. That means you feel uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I want to live in comfort and at ease. And the Bible says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Or in other words, putting another, woe to those who are laid back, cruisy, and in the comfort zone in the church. Why is that? Because that's not God's plan. God's plan is for an ever-increasing, expanding kingdom. That the kingdom of God might expand through us and through other members of his body into the community. That our community would change. That young people would be changed. Old people would be changed. Single people would be changed. That people everywhere would be changed because a body of people expanded their capacity to reach out and interact with people. Perhaps you're not very good at relating. Enlarge. Perhaps you locked up in front of a television. Switch it off and enlarge your capacity to fellowship so it's not you and the television, it's you and some other people. Real people, not pictures on a screen. Come on, we need to stretch and enlarge. Enlargement's always got a bit of a pain involved in it. You know, in Isaiah 54, God speaks to the church. That's what he says. He says, uh, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch forth and spare not. Enlarge. How do you enlarge? You begin to dream. You begin to think about and plan for extending what you're doing, to do it bigger than what you did. You start to, it starts, all starts with a plan, with a thinking. Increase in your giving. Increase in what you do in prayer. Increase in your reaching out to people. Increase in your hospitality. Increase in your serving. Every area we can increase. We are the ones who place the limits. God doesn't. Now, I believe every person's got different capacity. The Bible's very clear on that. It's also very clear we have different giftings. But every one of us can push the envelope a bit and expand this year. We can extend this year. So he says, enlarge, enlarge, enlarge. Begin to dream. Stretch. There's no increase without a stretch. In a stretching, Jesus, there was a man there, and he was crippled. Now, Jesus said, stand up. So he stood up, and told obviously he's crippled. So you all look, crippled man. Now, Jesus said this, stretch. No, I can't. Stretch. I can't. I don't want to. As he stretched, the power of God flowed into him, and that's when he got his miracle. The miracle comes as you stretch in response to what God's saying to you. 
but you've got to stretch. You've got to go beyond or outside what you're comfortable with. You've got to cross over the other side of whatever boundary you've said, that's enough. Maybe it's stretching out to your neighbors. Maybe it's stretching out to people in your family. Maybe it's stretching out to people in your business. Maybe it's stretching your business barriers. Maybe it's stretching and expanding your business so you open up a new business or you, you open up and expect new clients. Or you, There's every area where we can expand. Maybe you're employed by someone. Now you can think about stretching and getting your own business. Come on, stretch. One of, the, one of the difficulties of living in the bay, it's, it's, it's a great place. I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere else. I boast about Hawke's Bay everywhere I go. I invite people to come on holiday here. It's a great place. But one of the dilemmas is that in a rural New Zealand, people think small and they think parochial. They think, how does this affect me? And if it's going to affect me negatively, I don't want any part of it and I'll fight against it. Hence you find many kinds of things. The development of Flaxmere took place because of that kind of thinking. Uh, you find a whole lot of difficulties in trying to bring things together in our region to get people to come together and think big and think for the good of the region. Now the church is called to think for the good of the region. We're called to think big, but we're in an environment that continually presses us to think small and self-centered. So you've got to do something internally to break out of that, or it will press you to become like the people around you. So if you're hanging around with small people, hang around with some bigger people. And you say, I don't feel comfortable with them. Of course not, because they make you aware of how small you are, and you then feel a challenge to stretch. See, so, so we continually use opportunities to engage and to go to and see places and people in other nations. Partly it blesses them and also does a lot to us to expand our thinking and vision so we keep big of heart. Otherwise, it could easily rest and say, oh, we've got a good-sized church. It's great. I look and I think, oh, God, it's so small. There's thousands in the city need to know you. I've seen thousands in meetings, thousands of people. I've seen businessmen jumping and excited about God. I saw 180 people raise 5.8 million to serve the church. Oh, I have seen a lot of things. And so when I come here and people, everyone thinks we think, God, let's expand. Be bigger. Be bigger. Think bigger. Get with bigger people. Listen to bigger people. If you're with little people, uh, if you're with little-minded people and narrow, bigoted people, break off. Get with people that can enlarge you. See, make a choice. It's your life. You've got one to live. Stretch. Spare not. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Just don't hold back. Don't hold back from God. Don't hold back from God. He says, let's go to the other side. So three things God's wanting to push on us to grow in. One is our passion, your love, your desire to be with the Lord, to be intimate with him, to be listening to him, to pray and spend time in his presence. Oh, I feel such a challenge to grow in that. I feel such a challenge to come to another level of loving him and thinking about him and talking with him and, and having a greater level of meditation and fellowship with the Spirit of God through the day. Wouldn't it be great if this year you could come out the end of this year and there's a fresh life in you. You've got younger, it seems. Your eyes are ablaze because you're alive with Jesus. And the reason you're alive with Jesus, you took time to deal with some issues in your life. You took time to repent and time to put the Word of God into your mind and cleanse your mind and break down all ways of thinking. And you've come out the end of this year 2006 and there's a fire of love for Jesus and love for people what a great thing that would be and then what about revelation increase in revelation see revelation comes in lots of ways but it always comes by the spirit of God we can have revelation in the word of God I believe the church here needs a whole lift of revelation revelation in God's current thinking see basically most people in church think about this God moves the church progressively forward. So if you've been in the church a long time, the greatest challenge for you is to be willing to recognize that God is always doing new things and change and move forward with them and not become rested and cynical. For people who come into the church, everyone who comes in, come into exactly where we are right now. When we come to our uh, our anniversary will share with you some things that the Lord taken us through on the journey but we've gone through major major changes and God will take us through some other changes and shifts and it's all to do with revelation God lifts revelation uncovers new levels of it 
the next great move of God will be among the people of God but it'll be among people who are prepared who understand the times and what to do in that time do you understand what God is wanting to do do you understand that God is wanting to work through you that the focus is coming off ministries and church meetings and it's coming into the church expanding extending into the community influencing and changing the community do you understand that if you understand that, then you position yourself and you become current with what God is doing. I want to be current with what God's doing. I never want to be back trying to hold on to something that was great in its day, but its day's over. I mean, fresh revelation. So if revelation comes from the word about God's purposes, it comes to us personally about our life, about our destiny. It comes to us about ministry opportunities. It comes to us about the supernatural realm of God in heaven. There's a whole rub. There's unlimited realms of revelation. Oh, that we would position ourselves to experience that. And then finally, enlargement. How many know there's an area in your life you need to enlarge? You need to choose, I will grow bigger in that this year. Bigger in my thinking. Bigger in my giving bigger in my planning, bigger in my embracing people, bigger in my hospitality, bigger in my relationships, bigger in my capacity to forgive people. Every person here now ought to be bigger in their capacity to forgive people after doing 12 weeks on offenses. And if you aren't, what on earth happened to you? You missed the boat. We won't be going over that this year. <laughs> we want to all move on. <laughs> that was last year, you know, last year. This year we're doing new things. See, so every time we do something for a season, it's to prepare for the new things, embrace what we do, let God build you and change you and move forward into the new things God has. You know something? Every one of us can grow in our love for the Lord, receive from Him, and expand in this year. Why don't we do it? And Jesus said to His disciples, get into the boat. Let's go over to the other side. I want to share with you some things that were on the other side. And there's some interesting things you're going to find that God has ahead for us. Absolutely wonderful things. So we'll talk about those next week. Then we'll talk about how to actually develop the realm of passion in your life, the realm of revelation, and how to actually systematically go about stretching and enlarging in your life. It'd be great, won't it? Amen. Father, we just thank you. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads right now. We thank you, Lord, for this great year that we're in. We thank you for the many blessings of last year. But, oh, the best is yet to come. Oh, the best is yet to come. Oh, my God, we thank you, Lord, this is a year of fresh fire, a year of fresh revelation, a year of increase, enlargement, and growth in every area of our lives. Oh, we thank you for that. Lord, we open our heart to be positioned to receive all you're doing. Just with our eyes are closed and heads are bowed right now. Perhaps there's someone here and you're not yet a Christian, don't know Jesus Christ. This would be the opportunity for your life to engage God and to be changed. Jesus came to seek out those who are separated from God. He came to seek out you. The Bible says Jesus died on the cross and he carried men's sins. He carried the penalty of sin. He represented us so we would not have to go through the penalty and, and power of sin. We could escape it by our relationship with him. Jesus said this, to everyone who received him, he gave power to become a child of God. Everyone who believed upon him, put their trust in him. Friend, you are very special to God. You are so special. He sent his son into this earth to make it possible for you to have a relationship with God. If you're sitting here today and you're not yet a Christian, you have no relationship with God. You live probably day to day, uncertain about your future and definitely uncertain about life beyond the grave. The only one who can put an answer to that to give you purpose to your life and give you a new life and give you a hope for eternity is Jesus Christ. But he requires you make a personal response. And so to everyone who received Jesus Christ, he gave power to become a child of God. Is there any person here today, and you're at that point in your life, you say, I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to live separated from God. I want to encounter God. I want to experience him. I want to become a Christian. Follow Jesus Christ. I've heard him today. Say, come to the other side. Perhaps it's the other side of drugs. Perhaps it's the other side of some bad relationship. Perhaps it's the other side of some tragedy you've been in. Friend, he's calling you to come to the other side, to follow him.
to follow him. Is there any person here today would say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Just quickly raise your hand so I can see you. God bless you. The hand over there, dear. Anyone else? Anyone else here today? A second person? Want to give their life to Jesus. Anyone else? Perhaps you just come here. Maybe it's your first time here. You just felt so challenged. Even now you're feeling stirred inside. That's because God's spirit's drawing you. He loves you. Is there anyone else today? Just raise your hand. Say, I want to become a Christian today. I'll give my life to Jesus. Just quickly now as we finish. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is what we're going to do in a moment. In a moment, we're all going to just come, jump to our feet. I'm going to give a great clap. And what I like is the girl who put her hand up. If you'd like to come over, I'll just lead you in a very simple prayer. It'll take about two minutes. I want to lead you to a prayer to know Jesus Christ. You've come with a, Christian, uh, with a friend, a Christian. I'll bring you up. Come on, let's give her a great clap as she comes up. Church, let's all stand together. Stand together, church. Come on. Come on, let's give her a great clap as she comes up today. God bless you, Okay, just close your eyes, dear. This is Sandra. We're going to lead her in a prayer now. Church, I want you all to follow me in this prayer. All to follow me in this prayer. Prayer is just talking to God and He hears us. I want you all to just follow me right now. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I turn away from my sin, a life without God, and I turn to you, Lord. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive all my sins and to make me clean. Today, I trust you to do it. I give you my life today. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I receive your spirit into my heart. I thank you. I belong to you. Amen. 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 Lord, I thank you for Sandra. I pray, Lord, for your love to touch your heart right now. Let your love just flood her heart. Heal the damage caused by broken relationships. Lord, let your love just fill her heart and life right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them all a great clap, shall we? What a wonderful start to the new year, eh? Fantastic. Mrs. Sanders, she's a beautiful girl. First time anyone's come on altar call and gave me a kiss. She's got to be a good one. <laughs> Praise God. Are you ready for a great year this year? Shall we give the Lord a great clap? Let's honor him and thank him. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. He has great plans for our life. This will be our best year yet. Our greatest year. This is a year when we let God work in our life. We position ourselves in prayer and listening and stretching. That God will do His greatest in our life. He's amen. Amen. Let's finish with a song now. If you visit with us, come on up and have a cup of coffee afterwards. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Don't forget next Sunday night and Sunday morning. Two meetings next weekend. Are we ready now? Come on, this is a great song. Just think what you're singing.